0: Couldn't do it, but we did. What is it, you might ask? What is the, we couldn't do it, but we did? Well, you could probably say in the first place that they said we couldn't make it undefeated this week. Well, we didn't do that, uh, but we did improve from the 9-7 and seven record of week one to a 12-4 and four record in week two. And I think that's a pretty big victory. And considering the four games that we did not win were all very close matchups, I also would like to count that kind of as a a nod as well. We we re-predicted correctly the Chiefs over the Jaguars, the Bills over the Raiders, the Colts over the Texans, the Dolphins over the Patriots, the Cowboys over the Jets. I said that would be a bloodbath. It was we predicted correctly of course the eagles over the vikings bucks over the bears packers over the falcons oh no i'm sorry we did not predict that one correct we are we're 11 and 5 my bad we are 11 and 5 uh, not 12 and 4 11 and 5 we predicted correctly the 49ers over the rams the giants over the cardinals saints over the panthers and oh doesn't it feel good for me to say the steelers over the bank Beng- or the browns Uh, Maybe over the Bengals, too. We'll talk about that in just a moment. A couple of significant things happened this weekend that need to be discussed, that have to be talked about. First of all, I need to tell you that evidently it has been reported that Joe Burrow might miss time. It's been reported that during that game, against the Baltimore Ravens towards the end of it, he reaggravated that calf issue that he had been dealing with since about a month and a half ago now, almost two months. He reaggravated it, and Zach Taylor basically declined to comment on whether he would play this week or not, stating, if I remember correctly, that he thought it would be too early to tell for sure, but more than likely, doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Now, here's the thing about this. Bengals are 0-2. The Cincinnati Bengals started off 0-2. Do you remember the prediction that I made back before we took our summer break? My boldest predictions were that I felt that it was very possible that the Bengals would not make the playoffs this year. There's a couple of factors as to why. I still think the Steelers are getting better. We'll talk about them later. I still think that the Ravens are the Ravens, and they're going to be a force to reckon with. And I think the Browns have improved. Now, they suffered a massive injury here. We'll get to in just a second as well tonight against the Steelers. But nonetheless, the Bengals' schedule that remains, listen to it. They're playing against a very much improved Rams team that no one saw coming uh, on Monday Night Football. They play the Titans, then they play the Cardinals. They play the Seahawks, the Niners, the Bills, the Texans, the Ravens, the Steelers, the the Jaguars, the Colts, the Vikings, the Steelers, the Chiefs, and the Browns. Now, let's go game by game, and let's just say that Joe Burrow misses four weeks. That means he comes back on October the 29th. Here are the four games that he would miss. And I'm going to tell you what I think could happen if it's, in, if it's indeed true that he's going to be out at least four weeks. I think the Rams would beat the Bengals, obviously. I think the Titans would find a way to beat the Bengals. I think the Cardinals probably wouldn't beat the Bengals. But I think it could be a closer game than anybody's comfortable with. And I think the Seahawks could come in and beat the Bengals. You're talking losing three of four. Now, let's play this game. If you lose three of the next four, you are one and five. One and five. And you have to come back, Joe Burrow, after being away for a month, give or take, and you have to play the Niners, the Bills, a pretty decent game, I think, with the Texans, the Ravens who just beat you, and then the Steelers and Jaguars. So let's play this scenario. Joe Burrow comes back, plays against the Niners in San Francisco. What do you think is going to happen? I think there's a case to be made that the Niners will win that game, even if it's a close one. Probably then, on Sunday Night Football against the Bills, we could make the argument that Buffalo is going to come into town with something to prove. But let's just say that Joe Burrow is going to do Joe Burrow things and they win that game. So they are 2-6 and six now. Let's say they go 3-6 and six against the Texans. I, I think there's an argument to be made that they could be 3-7 and seven when they come – home to play the Steelers on November 26th. Also, they then play the Jaguars the following Monday night. There is an argument to be made that if Joe Burrow misses a month, this team could very easily be 3-9 and nine when they go in to play the Colts on December the 10th and out of playoff contention, which we predicted here at the GOAT Network. Too early to tell for sure. But Zach Taylor not really being committal on whether or not they would have Burrow is concerning to say the least. Zach Taylor was also non-committal back when he first injured it. Meaning, I think there could be something to the fact that Burrow's been hurt this whole season so far, and they've just basically said, Well, let's just see what happens. Not a great plan. Basically paving the way for a potential Raven Steelers showdown for the division if things continue trending this way, and you might be thinking, hey, Cleveland's people too. Tonight against the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Cleveland Browns not only suffered the loss in the actual win-loss column, they lost Nick Chubb for the season. A significant knee injury was sustained during this Monday night game, and from what I read... From what I've seen, it looks like he had a knee dislocation and very possibly some ligament damage. Uh, The, uh, oh yeah, here it is. Appears to be multiple torn knee ligaments for Browns running back Nick Chubb. Kevin Stefanski called this injury very significant, but needed more tests to determine the exact injuries, but they've already confirmed he's out for the season. And he knew, you could tell when he was being carted off the field, he knew. He knew it. Nick Chubb has been one of the best players on the Cleveland Browns offensive, if not the best offensive player, he's been one of the best just overall players. Now you got to replace that. Now good news is there's this guy named Jerome Ford who seems like he kind he kind of has that on lock right now. Of course the Steelers run defense has been a little bit something to be desired. Uh, but um, there's still a chance that maybe Jerome is just that good. I think it's a very big possibility. I think it's an incredible possibility that we're going to be talking about the signing of Kareem Hunt back in Cleveland. And if that happens, I don't think Cleveland will miss much of a beat. If they do stick it out with Jerome Ford and Pierre Strong, I think Cleveland will struggle to put teams away. We'll see what happens. I would be more than happy to be wrong on that uh, because I do think the Browns being a better team is more interesting for football. But at the very least, at the very least... What a frustrating night if you're a Cleveland fan. Bad enough to lose to a rival for sure, but worse yet, to lose one of your star players for the rest of the year. Let's talk about the games that I got wrong. The games that I got wrong. The first game that I got wrong was that Cincinnati Bengals and Baltimore Ravens game. I was pretty positive that the uh, the Bengals were going to hold their own against uh, the the Ravens themselves, but Lamar Jackson had himself a day, 24 of 33, 237 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Joe Burrow, again, was struggling midway through this game, which to me indicates that he's hurt. No one's figured him out. He's just hurt. But he ended up 27 of 41 for 222 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Uh, T Higgins had a pretty good good game, eight receptions, 89 yards and a touchdown, but it ends up being... The Baltimore Ravens eking out a three-point victory and currently commanding first place in the AFC North. The Bengals don't necessarily look like they're going to be climbing into that anytime soon. The next game that I got wrong, Chargers and Titans. I got to give the Titans credit. Got to give the Titans credit on a couple of different things. Uh, For example, Ryan Tannehill turned back the clock and went 20 of 24 for 246 yards and a touchdown And he also had a 12-yard rushing touchdown. Let me make this very clear, very abundantly clear. Chargers head coach, I can't even tell you the guy's name. Brandon Staley or whatever his name is, he's a joke, first of all. He's just not a good coach, Not, not good enough to do what they need to be doing in L.A., He was asked a question, hey, uh, do you think that there's any type of carryover, any type of carryover from the loss to the Jaguars to the loss of uh, the the first two games of your season? So the Chargers, of course, in week one, as you know, they gave up a victory to the Dolphins, a game in which they at one point led – you know 14 to 10 and then again 24 20 and then again 31 27 and then again 34 30 their defense isn't playing well they come back against the titans and lo and behold at one point in this game it was 21 17 leading again really it was 11 nothing at one point in the second quarter. You tell me it's not carrying over. Come on. L.A., fire this man. He does not need to be coaching. You are wasting Justin Herbert's career. He's going to be Phillip Rivers 2.0, one of the best quarterbacks, statistically great, guts out wins, but can't get it done because the coaching isn't there. Seriously. It sickens me to see Justin Herbert being wasted like this. I digress. Packers and the Falcons. Packers and the Falcons. This was a good game. Uh, Desmond Ritter, I heard this morning on TV, has not lost a home start since 2015. Some 3,000 days that that joker has not lost a home game. Bijan Robinson, he is turning into quite the running back just in week two. Jordan Love, he still played pretty well. Three touchdowns, no interceptions. Maybe he could have tried to force the ball a little bit more. Maybe he could have tried to be a little bit more you know, pointed with his throws and tried to gut it out more, but I don't blame him for trying to be conservative. They were winning this game. At one point, it was twenty-four to twelve. I mean, it, this was a game that was supposed to be over. In fact, the reason I thought I went twelve and four was I foolishly, in the third quarter with only fifty-six seconds left, marked that Green Bay had won the game because they were commanding the game at that point. Desmond Ritter and Youngway Koo had something to say about that. The Falcons are two and zero. Oh. Now let's play this game for just a quick second. They have to play a pretty ticked-off Lions team. I don't know that they're going to win that one. They have to go international to play the Jaguars. Not sure that they're going to win that one. Jaguars always seem to play well overseas. Home for the Texans, home for the Commanders, on the road for the Bucks. I think there is an argument to be made that they'll split the next four games. I think they lose to the Lions and Jags, or ne- uh, they split the next four or five, yeah, next four games. I think they lose to the Lions and the Jaguars, but I think they beat the Texans and the Commanders. I could be wrong, but I just that's, that's what I feel in the moment. That's what I think will happen. But the Saints, the Saints struggling with the Carolina Panthers on Monday Night Football would concern me greatly if I am a Saints fan. That was the third, uh, no, fourth game that I got wrong, but the third that we've covered of five. Let's talk about the Washington Commanders beating the Denver Broncos. Um, This is insane to me. Brandon Johnson got a 50-yard pass from Russell Wilson at the end of the game, and he could have, Russell Wilson, that is, could have tied this game up. Unfortunately, he didn't. The two-point conversion was not good. Talking about some good things that have happened and some good things with Russell Wilson himself, he is playing a little bit smarter. He has five touchdowns to one interception. He's not making some of the same mistakes. I think that's the Sean Payton effect. The downside I don't know what this team's identity is. It are supposed to be defensive, but it really is clearly not that. You allow 35 points to the Washington Commanders. That's concerning. Denver fans, I'm sorry you're having to experience this. You're 0 2. The good news is maybe you'll be one of those teams that is so competitive and so terrible a Shador Sanders or someone like that falls into your lap and you have the ability to to kind of retool your future. Last game that I got wrong was the Seahawks and the Lions. And boy, I really believe I wouldn't have gotten this one wrong had it not been for that penalty at the end, but Football is football. It's comprised of flawed men playing a flawed game of rules that are not followed completely. The Seahawks, no doubt, were a team that needed to claw back and fight and do well against a team that was riding a kind of a Super Bowl hangover, if you will, for knocking off the champs on Thursday night football. Jared Goff threw his first interception in this game in 383 pass attempts. That's insane. Uh... Jared Goff is good, guys. Geno Smith bounced back with a really good performance. Ken Walker, the, the third, had two touchdowns. Uh, DK Metcalf ended up with six receptions for 75 yards. And Amon Ross St. Brown had six receptions for 102 yards. David Montgomery is projected to be out possibly multiple weeks. Uh, they're calling him day to day, but I'd read a report that said. Uh, earlier that he might miss five weeks, up to five weeks. Um, But he's reported as having said it will only take a couple of weeks. I'm not quite sure that that's how that is or not. Now, let me cover with you before we're done some of the things that happened today in the NFL. Number one. The Chiefs restructured Patrick Mahomes' contract, giving him $210.6 million over the next four seasons. We mentioned Nick Chubb suffered a season-ending knee injury. Saquon Barkley is approximately about to miss three weeks with an ankle sprain. And safety Chauncey Gardner-Johnson has a a serious pectoral injury that could be season-ending. Steelers safety Minka Fitzpatrick has a chest injury. Evaluation is still ongoing. Please don't let that be serious. Lions defensive end James Houston fractured his ankle and is out six to eight weeks. The Panthers linebacker Shaq Thompson suffered a serious ankle injury and is out indefinitely. Cardinals place safety Buda Baker on IR. Steelers place wide receiver Deontay Johnson on IR. The Rams are trying to trade Cam Akers. Not quite sure who would take him at this point. I don't know. And the Vikings signed guard Dalton Risner. A lot happened today alone in the NFL. Chief among them, I think, the most important piece of news to note is this. It is still a young season. Divisions are still up for grabs. Number one seeds are still up for grabs. But some teams have quite a difficult hole to climb. Falling 0-2 makes it incredibly difficult to make the playoffs after starting off in that way. You start off 0-3, and those chances dip even further. 0-4, and they become pretty much impossible. Now, all that to say this. Tried something different. Did not podcast yesterday. Thought we'd try something where we could kind of recap all the games. But we will be back this upcoming Thursday morning to talk about the upcoming Thursday night game. Let me find it here because I'm, I'm struggling with everything going on between the Giants and the 49ers. That might actually be a sneaky good game. I think the Giants are gonna get stomped, but it could be a sneaky good game. Till then, take care.